we're eventually at the very end of this going to be in Exodus. But I just kind of wanted to have a, a family meeting, if you will, this morning. I would normally do this on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, but God just laid it on my heart to do it on a Sunday morning. And, um, and so we finished Five to Thrive. Amen. I hope you're, you're learning from that, practicing those things, being faithful in those areas. But um, my hope in that was just to simplify the Christian life for you. I think some people overcomplicate it. Prayer, Bible, church, witnessing, giving. Five to thrive. If you'll just do the basics, you, you will be blessed. And, and you'll be walking with God. That's the point. It's, it's not to have some formula where we think we can uh, make these blessings fall, but it's that you'll walk with God. There's, there are some finer points to the Christian life, but uh, I made you the promise. If you'll practice those five areas, you will live faithfully. And uh, all the other finer details will start to come together. And it'll all just start to make sense. So what are we going to do now that Five to Thrive is over? Uh, there's a lot of things that are stirring within my heart and a lot of directions I would like to take. But God has seemingly pressed one thing upon my heart for this week. And to be honest with you, I don't want to go there this morning. Um, but it's something that I feel like God has impressed upon me to do. And um, I'm just trying to be obedient to His leading, okay? Amen. I want you to understand that. It's not because this is a difficult subject to tackle. It's not because I don't think you don't want to hear it. But it's because I know how weak I am, especially in this area. And I don't think I have to convince you, but I am not some great man of God. I'm not always confident on the next step that God has for us to take as a church body. And I realize when I say things like that, it doesn't instill a whole lot of confidence. Amen. Uh, I do try to lead this flock into the pastures that God has for us. And for the record, though, we said it in Sunday school, don't ever put your confidence in man. Trust in the Lord. I honestly believe that's why the transition in this church went well, because Pastor Williams instilled in the sheep, you trust God, not man. Men come and go. Christ is the head of this church. I'm just another member of the body. I'm certainly no better than anyone else. I'm a man of like passions. I just happen to be the part of the body that God has placed up here to speak and to lead. But I want you to understand, God is working on me just as much as He's working in your life. And He might be working in mine even more. I, I, there's just a lot that I need to get right with God and being conformed into the image of His Son. And I'm not a spiritual giant. I am a weak man. I have always felt that this church deserved better than me. But even saying that, it's a demonstration of how weak I am because it insinuates that somehow God got all of this wrong. And I know He didn't. I know that I'm in God's will. I know that. I'm just being transparent with you, and that's one of my, one of my strengths or weaknesses. I don't know. But it's a battle that I allow to come up way too often. I battle knowing my frailties against knowing what God's called me to do. I've said before, I struggle with being able to say I'm 100% sure this is what God wants us to do next. Some of you will remember in 2019, 
and, and to our visitors this morning, I'm sorry. I, I, I would normally not do this on Sunday morning because I know you don't want to just hear me have a, a church meeting, but um, just listen with an open heart, please. Um, some of you will remember how in 2019 we had this wave of momentum in our attendance that was beginning to swell. The last quarter of 2019, we were riding a sustained high attendance like we hadn't seen. There were several weeks there where we were over 200, and we were just jammed packed. And I began to wrestle with the decision, do we launch a second Sunday morning service in order to accommodate the growth we were experiencing? And as we entered 2020, even into the winter months, we were seeing uh, just very high uh, averages. And then after much prayer, much counsel, and believing it was God's will, I made the decision to go to a second Sunday morning service on 22 March of 2020. (laughs) Guess what else happened that week? On 16 March, the president issued the 15 days to slow the spread of COVID-19, and I was devastated. I was down. I thought, Lord, did I miss your will? Was I not listening to you properly? Um, Why would you have this happen on the very weekend we were launching our second service? Come to find out, God did lay it on my heart, but he did so for a different reason than I had hoped for. He did so so we could spread out and we could have a little more... um, peace about showing up during a time that there was a lot of uncertainty. And so God used that time, just not the way that I had hoped. Um, It's not a coincidence that it landed on that weekend. Well, we kept two Sunday morning services going for about 14 months. It was long enough to get through that initial COVID-19 phase, but it was long enough in my mind to know if we needed to continue two services or not. I told all of you when we went forward with that plan, if I felt as if we were losing our momentum, then we would cut it and we would pull the plug and we'd go back to one service. I didn't want to go to two services really, but I didn't want to be, I didn't want to see people turned away. And we were seeing people drive in and drive out, walk in and walk out. There was nowhere to sit, nowhere to park. And that really broke my heart because as a pastor, you wondered, did that person need the Lord that day? And we weren't able to minister to them. And so I went with that, but... Something was very definitely off as time went on. At first, I thought, COVID, we're going through COVID, we have two services. But then as attendance rebounded to where it was, it was clear that there was a different spirit in here during that time. I don't know if you felt it as much out there, but I can tell you for Brother Long and I standing up here, there was a very definite difference. It was palpable. There was a different spirit in the services. There were times when both services felt off. There was times when the first service felt off. There was times when the second service felt off. And it it just was weird. There was a response in one service, deadness in another. It was strange. And I just knew deep down that God was saying, look, you you just got to stop. Some churches, they've thrived with two services. And so what I'm about to say is not a slam to any church that has had success with two services. But I think our church tends to be too spontaneous to excel in two morning services. And that may not be the best word choice for what it is I'm trying to describe, but we feed off of one another. And when the whole body isn't in the same service, you just can't duplicate one service to the next in a church like ours. The bottom line was this. I didn't sense God at work the way I did before. So we canceled the early service in May of 2021. And I think that I'm saying, Brother Long, I think it's safe to say that immediately there was a a difference. 
there was a return back to that spirit that we had in here before COVID uh, hit our area. And I hope that you had sensed that as well. And, and please understand, I have no regrets about going to two services. I have a clear conscience before God. I've told, I've told you, I just want to know that I've done all that I can do and that God is pleased with that. And so I have a clear conscience with God that we gave it a shot. Uh, and listen, you don't know till you try. And uh, just like them raising money for Great Commission, but you just don't know till you try. And, and so I'm glad we did it. I'm glad that I know we'll never do it again. I think, I think, um, I know that while two services works for some, it doesn't work for us. Well, we are now back in the same position we were in 2019 and the beginning of 2020. Just look around. We're running out of space. We're already out of space in other areas. Knowing that God doesn't want us going to two services, at least not yet. What does God want? Well, that brings me to what I wanted to talk to you about this morning as a church body. We tried two morning services because we didn't have the money to build a new facility. And guess what? We still don't have the money to build a new facility. (laughs) We were blessed last year to be able to purchase 30 acres. Um, What a blessing. We got that land for really cheap. The land just south of it went for sale for $1.3 million, And we got ours for 215000 We paid cash for the land because we believe as a church to operate debt-free. Amen. I'm glad y'all are excited about it because I fight it. Amen. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, Lord, we could just go get a building, you know. Listen, one thing COVID did tell me, stay debt-free. Yeah, um, yeah. when, when a lot of your church is out, you just never know. So... Um, but we actually saw our givings go up. So, hey, who knows? So knowing this, we have the 30 acres and blah, blah, blah. Um, we only have 30000 in our building fund. So we're nowhere close. I, I, we, you couldn't even buy enough chairs for a new facility for that, okay? That's a fact. These chairs you're sitting on right now cost about seventeen grand. And so if we wanted to double that, you're looking at $34,000 worth of chairs. Amen. Uh, we don't even have that. Amen. Um, We can bring in our camp chairs, no big deal. Now, I mentioned a few weeks ago that I don't look at who gives what. I just know how much has come in. But I do know that someone gave $10,000 towards our building fund a couple of weeks ago. What a blessing. I'm so grateful that someone has seen the need, caught the vision, and has a heart for us to build a new facility. And there are some that continue to give faithfully towards that. And I've been wondering, is God trying to tell me that it's time to start encouraging our entire church body to give towards this endeavor. This is where my weakness comes in that I spoke of earlier. I just don't know. I cannot stand up here and tell you dogmatically that it is time. But just like with two services, you never know until you try. You might could say I have a lack of faith, and I wouldn't argue with you on that assessment. It makes no sense in my mind to even present this thought to you with only $30,000 in our building fund. But church, the time has come that we've got to do something. Another one of my weaknesses, well, it might could be a strength or a weakness, but I like step one complete before I move on to step two. That's just the way I'm wired. Amen. 
this weakness, I think, in this area, it can be counterproductive to faith because I want everything going in order. Mike Petrocco and I, we were talking recently on this issue, and he, he has way more faith than I do, um, and that's a fact. I don't know if it's the kernel in him or what, but he just gets it done. And I confided in him how it almost seems foolish to me to talk about a new facility when we're so far away financially. I told him how my mind works, and I said, let's get closer to our financial goal before we talk about this. And he gave me that, I'll, I'll agree with you, preacher, because you're my preacher. Um, I could tell his, his mind was probably saying something else. And I guess if I'm honest, then I'm saying, I want to see it before I bring this up to you. I would like to know we're at least within striking distance. But is that faith? By God's grace, we are out of room around here. I don't have to convince anybody of our parking limitations. Our Sunday school teachers can attest to needing much larger rooms. There have been times when our sanctuary has been stuffed. There is most definitely a need. And can I just pause right here and say, thank God. In a time when churches are talking about closing and declining, thank God that we're having this conversation. It is a tremendous blessing to have parking issues. It is a tremendous blessing to have classroom issues, all manner of growth issues. I love it. If we were to build a sanctuary four times this size, I wish that it would fill up right overnight and we'd go right through the same problems again. That's how much I love having this problem. I do. And listen, every preacher I've ever talked to said, you just need to enjoy what you're experiencing right now. Praise the Lord for His goodness towards us. I would much rather be talking about this than trying to talk about whether or not we should keep the doors open. Whether or not we should be merging with another church. Whether or not we can even keep the lights on. What we are experiencing are not problems. They are manifestations of God's blessing upon His people. We don't deserve it. But He has shown favor to His children. 2 Chronicles 16.9 For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward Him. If we have a perfect heart towards God, there's no telling what God could do around here. Amen. And I pray that God, as He looks upon this earth, and as His eyes run to and fro, He'll stop in Rapid City and say, there's a people I can bless. And that He would show Himself strong in our behalf. And then some. Believe it or not, since returning to one service at the end of May, we are now seeing our highest averages we have since I've been pastor. That's amazing. Uh, From the new year through 23 May, the new year this year through 23 May was 21 weeks. Six times we saw attendance of 160 or higher that's only 28.6% of the uh, percent of the time. But since returning to one service on 30 May through last week, which was only 18 weeks, we have seen 160 or higher 13 times or 72% of the time. That's a huge difference. According to our numbers, the most we've had in the sanctuary for one service this year was our God and Country Rally where we had 158 people in here. Um, there's only 186 seats on the floor. And with that means there was only 28 seats open. Well, there's only 28 rows. 
So there's basically one chair open per row. You're not going to get any more people in, is what I'm telling you. And I think that put us at 86% of the sanctuary. And they tell you at 80% you need to do something. Anyway, I'm just saying we're running out of room. We can get 28 people in our choir. It may be time, Ken, to start entertaining that again, seating in the choir. We tried that once, and it was weird having people behind me. Um, but even if we did that and we freed up 28 seats, the problem then comes back to parking. That's always seems to be the sticking point. So let's talk about parking just for a second. We have 47 marked spots. We can easily fit 50 on the paved area. Two spots are used for our van, so we'll say there are 48 spots available for our drive-in crowd. On average, a church sees anywhere from two to two and a half people per car. I don't know what a half person looks like, but two <laughs> to two and a half person per car. And, um, and that has been proven here. I, I've, I've crunched these numbers throughout the years. Uh, so for us, 96 to 120 people would come in from the parking lot, not including who would come in on the vans. So we currently average 148 people coming in in the drive-in crowd which means this, anywhere from 23 to 54% of our church is parking somewhere other than our parking lot right now. Um, I, I could tell you we would need 12 to 26 more parking spots just to accommodate what we are averaging. Without a doubt, we have maxed out our parking lot. We're parking in the grass over here, over there. We're parking along the road. It may be time to go back to parking at the elementary school right down the block and running a shuttle to pick people up. We, we've got to get creative is what I'm saying. And then, um, and certainly we need people to, to be on board with that in order for it to work. We will have a shuttle by the end of the year, Lord willing. Um, Ken found a shuttle that we are in the process of purchasing. Somebody gave $40,000 towards a new van, and we're getting a shuttle-type van, the kind you can stand up in, and uh, that would make a great shuttle service for that as well. And, and I just want to say to everybody who parks somewhere else, thank you um, for, for those who can walk and do that. We need to free up as much space out here as we can for our old-timers. Um, I don't know if that's the right word. For our senior saints and, and those who need to, to park closer. And so thank you for spreading out on that. It means a lot. And I know our seniors appreciate it, especially in the winter. Um, it does make a difference. And in here, what I need is everybody to squeeze in. Um, I know that's not popular. We like our space. We're Americans. Amen. And, um, but need you to squeeze in. Now, here's the deal. We're saturating our city. Amen. We're, we're filling Jerusalem with our doctrine. That's our theme. Uh, Rapid City is growing fast. I don't think I need to convince you of that. We need to be able to house those, house those that God is sending our way and will continue to send our way. Not to mention, the base is still supposed to get the B-21 in the next several years. And at least 8,000 people, I think, are supposed to be attached with that mission. I don't know if that includes the dependents or just the personnel. But you're looking at Box Elder really expanding again. And, uh, and so there's a very large number of influx coming in is what I'm saying. So here we are. I've laid the case, okay? Here we are. We've just about maxed out what we can do here. God doesn't dwell in buildings made with hands. Don't get attached to a facility. Boy, I sure miss those beams. I miss the pews, to be honest with you, but uh, I do. I like the looks of the pews. I think they're very aesthetically pleasing. Uh, but listen, it's just a facility. That's all it, it's to facilitate ministry. That's all we're doing. God doesn't dwell in here. God dwells within His people. When this church is empty, there's nothing fancy about it. What is our next step then? Because we are facilitating about all we can facilitate right now. We can either be content where we are 
never go beyond where we're at, or we can look to the future and we can get serious about building a new facility in order to go further. But before we can build, we need to have the funds to be able to build. Uh-oh. So our next step is simple. We need to be willing to give to our building fund. Take your Bibles, go to Exodus chapter 35. Exodus chapter 35. I'm going to read verses 4 and 5 and then verses 20 through 29. Long story short here, before we read, Moses has been on top of Mount Sinai receiving the law from God. God has commanded Moses to have the people build him a tabernacle. Moses has come back down the mountain and we're going to pick it up now in Exodus 35 and in verse 4. And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it. An offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. Now look at verse 20. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing, And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and for all His service and for the holy garments. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets, all jewels of gold. (laughs) They had tablets back then, amen? That's cool. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All jewels of gold. And every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. And every man with whom was found blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and red skins of rams and badger skins brought them. Everyone that did offer an offering of silver and brass brought the Lord's offering. And every man with whom was found shittim wood for any work of the service brought it. And all the women that, are, that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen, and all the women whose hearts stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair, and the rulers brought onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate and spice and oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses." So though, though this project of building the tabernacle was commanded by God, we find that God only wanted them to give an offering out of a willing heart. God said, I want the tabernacle, but I want it to be done out of you guys recognizing, yes, we want to do this for God. This went above the tithe. This went above the first fruits. This was something that wasn't to be offered grudgingly. But this was something offered willingly out of a cheerful heart. They understood this. It all belongs to the Lord anyway. They gave because their hearts were stirred up. Their spirits were willing. They gave because they saw the value and the blessings of having the tabernacle. Now look at chapter 36. Let's read verses 3 through 7. And they received of Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary to make it with all. And they brought yet unto him free offerings every morning. 
And all the wise men that wrought all the works of the sanctuary came every man from his work which they made. And they spake unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work, which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing. (laughs) (laughs) For the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it, and too much. Whoop. It's the last time that's ever happening. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what a great testimony. Amen. What a great testimony. The people gave so willingly, they eventually had to restrain the people from bringing any more. They brought more than enough. Unless you think this is something confined only to the Bible, I love watching churches' anniversary videos. And I was watching a church in Oregon. It was their 40th or 42nd celebration. And they were rehashing the account of how they came to be and built their new sanctuary. And I don't want to give particulars because I don't want you to think that there's a formula you can use. It just happened. It just happened. What took place here in Exodus has happened in modern times. And the church literally had to tell the people, stop. We have more than enough. That was back in the 80s, I think, when that took place. So it does happen even today. But it has to happen organically as people are moved with a willing heart to make an offering to the Lord for the work of the tabernacle and for all His service. And so the pattern we find here in Exodus is they gave first, then they built. The giving by the people was sacrificial. They willingly gave above and beyond what God had already required. And what's great is, get this now, because this is the point I really wanted to kind of make in all this. What they needed, they already possessed. God said, I want you to build a tabernacle and I want you to take up an offering. And what came in was more than enough. God's people had enough. They just had to give it. I'm not sure if all we need is already possessed by us or not. It'd be wonderful if we did. We could get started sooner than later. I've heard testimonies where churches have received very large monetary gifts for the purpose of building. I could give you some testimonies out there at Eastside how God worked there. and A man came in and gave some of his shares and I think it equaled $1.2 million worth. Uh, gave it to the church. But... That did not happen until the people got on board with going forward. You see, we can sit here and say, boy, that number is so astronomical that we're never going to reach it. God's going to have to do a mighty work. He's going to have to give a miraculous gift to our church. That may or may not be. But God's not going to let that happen until He sees that we are giving willingly. So here's the question that we're all wanting to know. How much is needed? A lot. (laughs) Say, how much is a lot? That can vary from person to person. Well, just for the church building, not including a new press building, not including a new school, I believe we're looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of $2 million. Now, before you have an infarction, (laughs) let me put this into perspective for you. 
because I think this will help you to see it's not, it's not way off. The facility we're meeting in right now was purchased by our church in 1982 for $200,000. In 1981, $200,000 was worth about $600,000 today, a little bit over. Those people gave sacrificially to have that paid off in, I think, nine years' time, eight years' time. $600,000 in those days. If we were to build three times what our facility needs, which is where I think we need to be because we're out of space, 600,000 times three is 1.8 million in 1980-something dollars. So listen, it's not out of the ballpark to save $2 million. Amen. For those of you that grew up in the 80s, you remember. Now, we would need to complete a new press building and a new school, but we can move in stages. And, And all I'm saying is don't be scared off by such a high number. I don't know if this is accurate, but I did an internet search, Amen. What is the median housing price for Rapid City right now? The first number that came up, and um, I'm sure Myra could correct me on this, but the first number that came up, the average housing price right now in Rapid City, $221,000 at an average of $146 a square foot, meaning for every $221,000 spent, you would be purchasing uh, 1,514 square feet. And that average fits exactly the number I'm telling you for our new church building that I'm dreaming of. Therefore, we need enough to be able to purchase nine homes in Rapid City. Or, Sister DeGarmo, 27 new Chevy Suburbans. That doesn't sound as bad to me. Until you look at the sticker price. Or... 10,810 cable internet bills. Look, what I'm giving you right now has absolutely nothing to do with anything, but I did it, and now you're going to hear it. (laughs) Or it would be the equivalent of 20,000 NFL game tickets, not including parking and food. Or 33,333 theme park passes. (laughs) Or, for you energy drink people, 800,000 energy drinks. Or Karen, and, and you're going to love this, sister. Get this number. I was trying to calculate myself. Yeah, get this. You ready? Now, this is just an average I came up with. 666,666 cups of coffee. Now, I don't know about you, but that's way too many sixes for a church. Amen? I don't know how coffee always ends up being the devil, but Amen. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll get away from that devil-filled number, amen. Um, how about this? 571,429 gallons of gas. All right, that was all pointless. I don't know why I gave it to you. Now, some might suggest, you know, that's a waste of money, preacher. It'd be way wiser to raise that money for missions. That may be, I don't know. But if you consider the long-term benefits, you would end up raising way more for missions in the long run because your church would have grown. It's all a matter of perspective. And I'm just telling you this, 200,000 was a lot in 1982 and 2 million is a lot today. But it is what it is. If we all agree we need to keep reaching more, then we need to begin seriously considering our future. If we're going to make every effort to accommodate 
those God is sending our way. We need to do something. In the meantime, we have to stretch this facility as far as we can. I know one of the difficult parts is the choir's up here, their stuff's out there. People can't really tell what seats are open. We've got to find a way around that. Um, and we've got to squeeze in. I don't know if we need to put the choir somewhere designated and everybody start behind. I don't know. But we've got to come up with something because we've got to fill these, these seats in to make room for the other people. And so please help me with parking. Help me with seating. Uh, squeeze in if you can. And if our current trend continues through the winter, then at some point we're going to have to sit in the choir. And so we'll likely need to do that by next spring anyway. So... Any adjustments we make in here are only as good as we make adjustments out there. The parking has to be dealt with. Now, I didn't preach to you today. I know that. And again, to our visitors, I'm sorry. But sometimes things are necessary to discuss. So the takeaway for today is if we want a new tabernacle, we have to be willing to give sacrificially above and beyond our current giving. If we want to reach more souls for Christ, then it's something that we're going to have to do. So what do we want as a church? Do we want to stay where we are at and maintain the status quo? Or do we want to see God use us to reach more people? I want to see more homes salvaged. I want to see more marriages restored. I want to see more kids reclaimed. I want to see people discipled and living for God and know the peace and joy of knowing the Lord. But in order for that to happen, in order for people to get on board with what's happening here, listen, I love this church. I really do. I wouldn't, wouldn't be here if I didn't believe in what God's doing here. And I want to tell you, what we experience in here, we ought to want everybody to have that. Amen. Hey man, we ought to want people to know what it's like to come in and, and hear praises lifted to God, to hear God's Word thundered from the pulpit, to see people come down to an altar, to see families that are living for God. We ought to want people to see that more and more. But it takes space to do it. And so in the meantime, we could go find somewhere just to rent. Unfortunately, rent's like $10 a square foot, and by the time you pay the rent, you could have had a building in a few years. I don't know, maybe there's somewhere for free. I don't have a clue. Like I said, I'm not a smart man, amen? I, I guess all I'm doing today is I'm putting the worm on the hook and I'm seeing if there's any bites. I don't know where we're at as a church in this area. I don't know if we're ready to start giving towards this. I know it makes no sense in my, my mind at all. We're not even close. It doesn't make sense to me to even be talking about this, but I know God's laid it on my heart. So I want you to know in closing, this is not a pressured thing. Please hear my heart. This is not a pressured thing, but this is to be out of a willing heart. Understanding that it is all for the Lord. Now, I can tell you as I, as I shut up, we have been blessed by the sacrificial giving of the last generation. They gave sacrificially that we could be debt free today. I want the next generation to know that feeling in a new facility as well. So I'm just asking you, Pray to God about it. See what He would have for us. And if He lays it on your heart to give, so be it. Um, the choice is yours. It's just a willing thing. That's it. I just wanted to have that meeting this morning. Let's pray.